presented by Amazon. Hey there, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Munavalan, the RNC, elects its next chair today. Plus, a couple races in Congress start to heat up. Here are the big things we're tracking on Friday, January 27th. Are Representative George Santos's days in Congress numbered? Politicos, Sarah Ferris and Ali Mutnick report this morning. Both Republicans and Democrats in his district are drawing up plans for who should run to replace him, either in a special election if he resigns or in 2024. Dems are pursuing former Representative Tom Swasey. Other possibilities include Robert Zimmerman, Anna Kaplan, or John Kamen. On the GOP side, though the National Party hasn't abandoned Santos, local groups are already buzzing about Jack Martins, Andrea Katsimatidis, Elaine Phillips, or Allison Esposito, among others. On the Hill, Santos isn't really making friends. Politico's Olivia Beavers reports this morning. During conversations with a dozen House Republicans, a picture emerged of a Santos who's more reserved among his colleagues than his recent spotlight-seeking suggests, holding friendly conversations here and there without directly cultivating many allies. Members often remarked they had no idea who he spends time with, but it certainly isn't them. The California Senate race is already heating up. Some progressives are attacking Representative Adam Schiff for his role during the Trump impeachments, and they're citing a familiar source, Playbook's own Rachel Bade's book, Unchecked, with Karin Demersion. The Progressive Change Campaign Committee's Adam Green said in a statement, when we should have gone big against Trump, Schiff said go small. When we should have gone fast, Schiff said go slow. And President Joe Biden's department heads have been remarkably steady during his first two years. But EPA Administrator Michael Regan is seriously considering leaving his post at EPA. Jared Renshaw and Jeff Mason scooped for Reuters. The pair write that Regan has been exploring options outside the Biden administration, but has not made any decisions. The EPA denies that he has any plans to leave. Playbook's Rachel Bade has been in Dana Point, California, all week, tracking the election of the next RNC chair. The big day is today, and she's here to give us the latest. Rachel, how's it going? Thanks for having me. When we started out the week, it looked like the current chair, Ronna McDaniel, would likely be reelected. Uh, challenger Army Dillon looks like she got a lot of buzz as the week went on. Uh, what have you been hearing lately? So she's definitely gained a lot of traction, I would say. Uh, you'll remember that back earlier in the week before members got here in Dana Point, she had about 30 RNC members who were supporting her and endorsing her publicly. I'm hearing, and I was hearing late last night, that she is within striking distance. Uh, basically, she came to Dana Point and did a whole bunch of meetings. I mean, we saw her sort of working members frantically on her phone, texting, calling, and she did sort of two things. The first thing she did was apologize to members for all the sort of grassroots harassment they might have gotten because some people who support her put their contact information online. A lot of RNC members were really angry about that and said they wouldn't support her because of it. But she very much approached them, apologized, and it looks like that, you know, may have helped. Uh, she also has been telling people who are concerned about who she surrounded herself with, a lot of these Trump MAGA hardliners, that she is not an election denier and that she is not one of those types. And so I think she's definitely trying to 
work and win over people uh, who are skeptical of Trump. And she's had a lot of success with that this week. And then obviously Ron DeSantis yesterday sort of shocked everyone when he came out and said he supported Hermie over Ronna. Um, and I don't know how much of an impact, you know, that had on moving votes. But last night I was staking out her reception at about 10 o'clock uh, Pacific time. And she was, she came out, she was working the phones. I asked her about this and she said she had flipped more than 10 votes uh, just that day and was thinking she was going to get even more. She thought she was within striking distance. And she told me this story that um, a lot of people are talking about right now uh, here at the RNC. Basically, there was this big dinner last night and she was seated in the very back of the dinner with her back facing the front of the stage in that like she was facing the back and a lot of people got upset because they thought Ronna McDaniel had something to do with it and that it was sort of a petty slight. And so some people came up to Harmie Dillon and were telling her they might like vote for her because they were upset on her behalf. And then other people have told me that actually she was supposed to sit in the front and then she canceled on the dinner but she said she couldn't come, so they gave her seat to someone else. Anyway, point being, there is a lot of drama happening. And remember, this is a secret ballot, so we have no idea, you know, who, if somebody's lying, like, is she really within striking distance? I, we won't know for a little bit, uh, a couple of hours here. But it's it, there's a lot happening, in short. I guess if you want to prove your independence from Donald Trump, uh, there's nothing better than a Ron DeSantis uh, non-endorsement endorsement. endorsement. Uh, where do, what does all this mean for Trump? You know, I feel like MAGA America First is still a big position in the party, but then independence from Trump is still, you know, an important thing to have in an RNC chair. It's just kind of interesting seeing all these different forces coalesce. Yeah, I mean, election. a lot of people are sort of watching this. I think from the outside and trying to to figure out what does this mean for the future of the party, specifically, what does this race tell us about Trump? And it's not really clear cut in that both of these women obviously have strong ties to Trump. Uh, they're both supporters of him. And there's nobody who's running right now on a platform like an anti-Trump platform saying that he definitely shouldn't be the nominee and, you know, we need to look elsewhere. So that's that's sort of one thing, I guess, moving in his favor. But on the other hand, you know, all of these, both of these candidates have been privately trying to reassure these RNC members that they're going to be independent of Trump. Um, one of the top questions RNC members have had for these, these two ladies is like, are you going to make sure you don't put the, your thumb on the scale for the former president. Like, a lot of people are worried about that. They don't—a lot of them are not talking about it on the record, but there's definitely a sense that I'm hearing from Republicans here that they want a fresh face, and they know that Trump is dragging down the party, and they want to make sure they have the best sort of opportunity to pick someone else uh, in the primary. And so that— has been a large part of the conversation here. And the fact that that is so important to Republicans tells you that, you know, his grip really is slipping. And then you see, you know, things like Ron DeSantis coming out and supporting Harmeet Dillon. You know, a lot of people sort, sort of saw that as him trying to elbow Trump. Uh, Trump's, he has not endorsed in this race, but uh, a lot of his staffers and closest advisors are actually here on the ground trying to whip votes and help Ronna McDaniel. So 
Um, you know, clearly DeSantis backing her meet Dylan was very much showing, you know, that he's going to be on a different side than Trump. Maybe he knows something we don't. Maybe he thinks Dylan will win and, you know, he can try to sort of claim credit for that. But, you know, in, in terms of Trump, I just think like people have told me that this RNC feels very different and that even just two years ago after Trump lost the White House and the Senate, there was still a sense that the RNC was very much in Trump's camp. It was still a group of Trump loyalists. Right now, people aren't talking about him. They're talking about other people they're excited about. Or if they are talking about him, it's more in the context of how do we put this guy behind us without, you know, dividing our party even more. Uh, So when's the election? When will we hear results? So we're going to know, let's see, about 11 o'clock Pacific time. So do the math, which I can't do. That's why I became a a journalist. So you'll know around (laughs) 2 o'clock in Washington if Ron McDaniel was able to pull it off. Rachel Bade, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. President Joe Biden will leave the White House for Camp David. Vice President Kamala Harris will host the Accelerating Lead Pipe Replacement Summit at the White House at 2 p.m., featuring a moderated conversation with EPA Administrator Michael Regan. The House will meet at 9 a.m. with last votes expected at 3 p.m. The Senate is out today. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Playbook's editor is Mike DeBonis. Zach Staten is Playbook's deputy editor. The executive producer and head of audio here at Politico is Jenny Ament. I'm Raghu Monavalan. Have a good weekend. We'll see you first thing Monday morning. All employees should have the opportunity and tools to grow their careers, regardless of where they start. That's why Amazon offers 10 different programs designed to help employees advance their careers and move into higher paying roles within Amazon. Learn more at aboutamazon.com.